I saw the picture of the house, I was like, damn, only you could find that shit. Like, seriously. I mean, you'd be finding some spots. I mean, the only thing that would bother me, though, is, you know, considering it was kind of out in the, you know, in the wilderness, um, the only thing that would bother me would simply be the animals. You know, I ain't too crazy about the wild animals roaming around my fucking house. I couldn't imagine what the fuck was out there. I mean, they, on all of them, like, uh, documents, they were like, you know, there are black bear out here. So here's some literature on how to handle yourself if you're in the woods and this blade you see, you know, you happen upon a black bear. But Well, it's nice of them to tell you in advance. <laughs> I mean, there's signs everywhere out there, too, you know. Um, but we didn't see any black bear. We didn't see anything really exciting. Chipmunks, squirrels, and birds, that was it. Yeah, that's 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 about as much as I can handle. <laughs> it was it was super chill. Like um, you know, it was like right on the edge of this creek and the creek mm-hmm. had like this little waterfall and it was just mm-hmm. and it like wrapped around the backyard like a sem like a semicircle. So it was like super dope. It was super dope. It was it was quiet. It was like maybe a thousand feet out from the the road so you couldn't hear any cars or anything it was like up the mountain so there weren't many cars in that street anyway like i walked i put the the trash out one day and like i think i heard one car and i walked that whole entire way like from the house all the way back to the trash can was it like one of those um like one of those one road pathways to get up there yeah yeah it was just a, a, a one gravel road to this one house, but you could see other houses. Like it looked like some developer like bought you know a few acres, and then put you know similar looking houses every so often. So it's almost like a neighborhood, but each house has its own driveway that's a little far back. Right. So like I could probably throw a baseball and hit the house next door. So it's yeah, not like you were. I mean, I mean that like that's how I'm saying. That's how close the house was. Like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super far. So like, I, you know, if something like bad were to happen, other the other people would hear you. You know. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, right? <laughs> because I worry about you. You've been places where you're driving down the road and you see a house, and then three miles later is the next house. Right. And, it, and it's like. Man, if you get murdered in that fucking house, ain't nobody gonna hear shit. Nothing, nothing. Damn, I know. But yeah, luckily oh. this place wasn't like that. Um, Kara booked it. She found uh, that she had actually stayed in that town before. She um, went to one of her friends' bachelorette parties, and they had rented a cabin in that same town. So she was familiar, a little familiar with the town. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I was a little worried. There's a lot of Trump shit down there. Uh, you think? A lot of Trump shit. Yeah, think. And the 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 way we went down there was um, it was close to oh, so we rode through Tennessee. Yeah, for some reason, when you say we're going to Boone, North Carolina, and I'm going okay, and I didn't really think about it, I'm going. Why do I know Boone? Like, I feel like I know somebody from Boone. I, not, I don't think I've been there because I where like I saw it on the map, and I'm going, okay, I've definitely not been there. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, how the fuck did you get there? Because you could take 
any one of three ways to get there. Yeah. So we took <clears throat> 70 west to 340 south mm-hmm. to then 7 west to 81 south. Okay. And we were on 81 for like you know, four and a half hours or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got off and then I don't remember the directions by heart, but um, when we got off, that's what's so like, you know, you're in Maryland, you're in Virginia, you're in West Virginia. And then we were back in Virginia again, I think. And then all of a sudden we were in Tennessee for a while. And I was, mm-hmm. and then at that point I was like, Kara, will you check my phone <laughs> to make sure we're going to the right place? Cause <laughs> Tennessee doesn't seem right to me, <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we were on the right, on the right path. Like we were, that's just the directions. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny. And then we finally got there. We had to take two breaks all on down on the way there and on the way back, you know, with the kids cuz like they right. they you know, we were it was a 7-hour trip, you know. Um oh my God. Uh, it was actually, you know, a little longer total, but that's like what the GPS said cuz we had to stop so many times. So it was mm-hmm. we left at like 7:30 a.m. and we got there at like 4 p.m. Which ain't bad. That's, that's a no. that's a good trip. I mean, yeah. you know, we, I mean, the the earlier you leave, the better. That's that's the yeah. one thing. You know, yeah. leave super early. Yeah, that's good. Right. Wow. So did she what, find that through Airbnb? Uh, Verbo. Okay, it must be. I don't. I don't know anything about that. Oh, yeah, totally, definitely new service. Yeah, Verbo is just like Airbnb. It's mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, they mostly have the same stuff, but um, Verbo has other stuff too that's not that's not on um i think there's like that they, they have a better deal but i mean mm-hmm. it's just like you know lyft or uber it's the same sort of stuff right 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 it same like, outcomes yeah actually. same it has like the rating and like you can see reviews and all the pictures is exactly the same it's just different mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which is super cool um because you know you can like you know look into it and get really like if you really want to find a really cool place then you could do that you know but you have to take it takes a little time Mm-hmm. but it was it was great yeah she she was like i want to rent and this is before so we booked this place before covid happened and oh, damn. Uh, yeah and like we were like we, we booked it in february and we were supposed to go i think the maybe the third week in march mm-hmm. or maybe the first week in april or something like that right around there and the, and then the pandemic happened you know the lockdown started happening you know, maybe the second week of March, something like that. And uh, so we hit him up and was like, yo, we don't feel safe coming down. He's like, not a problem. You know, we can let's push it back like a month or two. And we're like, cool, yeah, let's do it. So we did that. And then a month or two went by and we were like, ah, we still don't really feel safe, you know, go, making that trip. <laughs> and the dude was like, no problem at all. I totally understand. Like, we can keep pushing it back if you want to, you know, or if you want a refund, you can have a refund too. And we were like, no, let's push it back, you know, because we're, we're, we were, you know, in the beginning, we're all hoping for the best. <laughs> and, oh, yes, we, we clearly were. Yeah. Right. And uh, then, you know, it was, uh, you know, um, last week was when it was and i was like you know what i was like i was like kara like we've we've successfully you know went places with our kids and we're we're very careful doing all the things that we're supposed to do and staying away from people and all that we're making we're still making it happen i was like i have no problem going to the woods because we're not going to be around anyone right so that's fine is to make sure that the cabin is 
sanitized to our liking. And we need to, if we stop, we just need to be very careful about what we do and where we go with the kids. Like if we, they have to go to the bathroom, we got to go to a rest stop. Okay. We make sure that they don't touch anything. You know, we don't touch anything. Um, yes. And that's pretty much it, you know? And then when we get to the car, you sanitize all your hands and shit and, you know, you keep it moving. And that's, that's what we did both times that we stopped. So, you know, the, the, the travel there, the staying there were like the only real concerns that I had, um, with, in terms of COVID. And then, and then I was like, well, okay, you know, we have a plan, so let's, let's try it. Let's do it. Cool, man. Yeah. Cause I went to Jersey too. Cause, uh, cause I went, I walked in the kitchen. I was downstairs doing some work around the kitchen. Rachel goes, where's Wildwood, New Jersey? I'm here going, who the fuck am I ramming fucking now? <laughs> like, why are you asking me this shit? And she goes, you see my brother's text. I'm going, I've looked at my phone in like hours. Like what the fuck? I was looking. I'm going, oh, that's cool. You know? And, and then, you know, she's kind of started feeling some kind of way. I'm like, look, I mean, I get it, but you know, Again, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, we're doing more and more stuff now, like, you know, now with um, things kind of subsiding, you know, we're taking, we're, we're going out more places, Harper's going with us, you no, know, not too much, but, um, he, you know, the Sunday we went to Home Depot, so he went with us and, you know, we get in, put him in the car, wipe everything down, you know, um, and then we're going around the store looking for stuff because we were trying to, you know, figure out how we're going to get all this reno done around this house and trying to hire, try, trying to hire a fucking contractor has been the bane of my fucking existence right now. Damn. And, um, like I meant to call my dad today cause I wanted to get, get some advice from him about, you know, some of the prices, the last guy quoted some prices and I'm just like, um, I don't know. This looks kind of steep, but then I'm thinking, well, maybe, it is a fair price, but I want to get my dad's opinion because, you know, yeah. he does that kind of work. He used to do that kind of work, but I just want to say, well, you know, do you think this is a fair price based upon what we're trying to get done, you know? Um, but, yeah, I got a guy from my realtor. He comes in, takes all the measurements, talks to me. Motherfucker never calls me back. Really? You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, my neighbors are literally having their whole – I mean, at this point, they had a com- they've had a company in their house for at least the last month and a half. At this point, the motherfuckers might as well move in. You know, they've been there so much, so long. And we called that guy's company. Guy comes over, he's talking to us. So this guy's like, hey, you know, we can do X, Y, Z, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, well, you know, let's just call it, you know, we, we just want to do some basic stuff, right? Whatever. I had to go downstairs because Harper had Taekwondo. And so Rachel finishes up with him. And he starts talking, yeah, you know, blah, blah, we can do all these things. Versus, no, 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 we're moving. But I'm going, oh, shit, wait a minute. I was trying not to go there. You know, I was trying yeah. to be like, no, dude, we just want to do some basic shit. But anyway, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we're not going to be able to afford that guy. Because I'm thinking the kind of shit. I mean, he has some great ideas. He knows his shit. He's like, yeah, you know, your bathroom, we could totally flip everything. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, dog. I'm just trying to make this house look nice enough to sell to the next sucker. Okay, right, right. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. You know? So, no, nah, dog. So, I mean, and she's like, hey, "Has he called us back yet?" I'm going, "No," and I don't think he's going to. I mean, I don't know. Just, I mean, if he did, what am I going to be like? So, um, how much are we talking here? Because whatever you tell me, I'm going to be like, "Yeah, I got like a uh, fifty dollars, and I can give you a drink." I, you know, I, I can't. I can't afford your prices. So I'm just going. to 
tell you that straight up. But right. you know, and you have the BMW to prove it. So, you know. Right. Showed up in a BMW. Yeah, man. Yeah, because um, he was at my neighbor's house and he got our email. He said, "Hey, you know, um, I'm across the street at your neighbor's house. Can I come over and look at everything?" Sure. So I see him. So I open the door and I see him. You know, going in his car. I'm going, oh, he's got this nice BMW. It's like at the time, I'm going, okay, you know, guys doing doing good work, and he's right up the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, doing good. He comes in, starts talking to, and I'm going after he left. I'm going, I see why he drives a BMW. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. Yep. So my neighbor, I seriously, my neighbor is going to have a brand new fucking house. They've been there so long. I mean, I think he was like, oh, they're doing the bathroom. They decided to do another bathroom. And then I'm going, holy fucking shit, what are they doing? I mean, they, they could have built another house by now. Wow. Wow. I'm like, damn. But, hey, more power to them because uh, probably took out a loan or some bullshit because I can't sure. do it. <laughs> I cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, the only way that, we, man. only way we were able to afford that roof was f- through financing. And but but see, a lot of companies do that. You know, right. this guy, he's like, "Well, I used to, but we could work something out." And I'm just like, mm, "Still, know. you know, we work something out." I mean, I'll be in my new house paying for this shit. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. right. I don't even know if that's worth it. You know, I'm saying I'm the sucker. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well like, all right, how about I just take over your BMW payments <laughs> for a little bit? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I pay for your car. I pay for your car. You make this house look good. Everybody gets what they want. How about that? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so outside of that, man, what else? What else is going on this summer, man? Uh, work. Um, mm-hmm. My job is restructuring to be under DIT instead of the library. And right, right, right. They are making everyone reapply for their jobs, and some positions right. aren't even going to be offered again. Um, but luckily. Um, I'm probably going to get a promotion out of this. So mm-hmm. hopefully I get paid a little more money at the same time. But at the same, it's bittersweet because like, I'm sure there's going to be people that I'm cool with that I've been working with for a long time. I have great relationships with that won't have a job. Right. That sucks, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's not you; it's the organization. I mean, right. I mean, and it sucks that it has to happen. Right, right. Damn. Mm. So, when you say promotion, are you talking like so? You're kind of moving. So, is it kind of like one level up, two level, or is it just like what are we talking? It's just one one level. It's the the maximum level in my class. Uh, okay. My class is called um, Individual Contributor, and I was hired in at a IC3, um, which is called a subject subject matter expert, and they're moving me up to um, lead AV designer um, slash subject matter expert. So I'll have like a team of people that I will, you know you know uh motivate to 
do and <laughs> initiatives and stuff. You know what I mean? I was, I, I was, I was gonna say supervising. No, no. Let's try motivating. Right. Right. Yeah. Motivate. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. So that. like, I don't have. They're not like my subordinates. I just have a, a dotted line to them in the org okay. chart. Right. So like, I can tell them things to do and they should do them, but I'm not their boss. Which is kind of an odd double-edged sword. A little bit, a little bit. But it's more of like my boss will say, all right, we're going to do these things, uh, and Cameron's going to let you know what to do. So you're more like the delegator. You're just going to be like, you know, you're, you're basically like, we're playing a game of cards, and I'm the permanent dealer. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I'll oversee. There's going to be a, 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 so my team is going from three people to six people. And I'll have junior engineers, which I haven't had yet. So I can say, okay, um, instead of me, I'm going to update these drawings based on this new install that was done. They're going to do it. I'm going to check their work. Okay. And okay. make sure if new stuff that they're doing it to adhere to the standards that I have made. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, good. yeah, yeah. So it is. It's it's like I said, it's a bittersweet thing. It's awesome. It's like what I've been working my ass off for for years, um, is finally happening, um, officially, and um, but yeah, at the same time, like you know, people are gonna get let go. It's like shit. So, but you know, and it, and it's gonna be tough. The trend, the so the like that's happening. That's a plus. But like the the whole transition from, you know, merging my division academic technologies with dit is that um it's it's hard because there's going to be a lot of culture clash because dit support you know it tech support in and of itself is not a socially accepted like positive experience you know tech support People are like, ugh, I got to call Comcast today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you work for a big corporation and you have problems with your computer, you have to call a division of IT and, and then they'll have, they'll make a ticket and you really, you can't like say you can't, you're, you need to print something. That's how old we are. Cause we're about, I'm saying we're about to print something and the printer doesn't work. You can't print until they come up and check it, you know? Right. Um, and it might have to go to a queue and then that queue will get resolved in who knows what amount of time. Well, academic technologies is if you if you're a professor and you have a problem with the AV system in the room, you call our direct like tech support place. And then they try to talk you through it over the phone. If they can't do that, they will remote into the computer. And if they can't do that, then it gets dispatched to our operations people who will go down there immediately. So like, yes, this is, this is, and then, so we're like trying to, we're, we're going to try to give the division of IT the type of tech support that we have. So there's going to be a huge culture clash of people who, you know, are unmotivated to resolve problems with people who are very, very motivated to, uh, fix issues. Oh. Now, now I get it. Now yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. That is wow. That is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and 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 morale is low. Uh, budgets aren't going to be cut. We still might get furloughed, and 
it's it's filling the gaps and the holes of management of new people, people you don't know working next to you. And then, you know, what's going to happen when spring rolls around and students still aren't in class? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens then? But but do, but don't you think morale is low because of all of this upheaval? Yes. Yes. It, it never ceases to fucking amaze me how organizations continually do these things then they have these problems and go, why do we have a problem? Well, dumb dumb, if you actually try to do things in a, a, a more organized fashion, or if you actually try to organize yourself in a way that, you know, that the levels of organization are, you know, not too tall and not too short, but just at the right length, you've got the right people in the right places. These people are supervising, delegating, or whatever in a, in, a, in a really good way. But for the most part, you know, when you're doing all this upheaval and then, you know, oh, well, we're going to change everything. And oh, by the way, you know, 10 of you are going to lose your jobs. The other 20 of you are going to stick around and we're going to figure out where to stick you. I mean, no shit morale is bad. It's like, <laughs> how do you not see this? I just, it, I yeah. mean, it blows my fucking mind. My organizations cannot get this. Yeah, I know. It kills me. It does, yeah. And and so they they told us all of this over a month ago. They're like, we're they they're calling it um, um, uh, uh, like academic IT shared services, um, like initiative where they're eliminating duplication of service across campus. So like mm-hmm. yeah, so there's a couple different you know groups, and within those groups there are people that do the exact same thing. Ah, uh-huh. so they're reducing all those people who do the exact same thing, and they're lumping all of those rooms together basically. So that's why they did all of that to save money because of corona, mm-hmm. because of coronavirus. So yeah, that 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 has been kind of tough. Um, because it's been dragging on for so long. At first, they were like, "This is gonna happen." Here's a heads up, and then all they're like, "It should happen by next week." Next week rolls around, nothing. They're like, "Yeah, they're really busy. Maybe by the end of next week." H- HR, because they had to like make all these positions and review. Like we had to, they had to, we all had to apply. Like I had to redo my resume and cover letter. I had to submit it and do, apply for the job online. And I had an interview process. I had two interviews the Friday before last, like real job yeah. interviews, um, and all that. <laughs> and okay, but 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 there's the other thing. You said that, that they said, okay, we're going to give you a heads up. So we tell you a month in advance. Then we say, oh, here comes the day. Oh, the day passes and it doesn't happen again. You wonder why people are pissed off. Yeah, but I mean, this. So it's been going on for so long. Like this Friday. People who wrapped up their your interview already by last Friday are gonna get an offer letter on Friday or not. And if you don't, then your your job is done by the end of the month. I mean they are oh giving they are giving severances though. So it's like they're giving two weeks plus a week for every year you've been at the university. In pay? Yeah. 
So for me, like if I were to get let go, you know, I would get fifteen thousand dollars. That would go pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And there's been there's people there that I'm concerned they're going to lose their job, and they've been there for like twenty two years. I don't know. There's there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. That we really don't have the time to unpack. No, no. But it, it you know, it, it, it's that is not just where you are, but that is just everywhere. Yes. And it's yeah one outcome of just bigger shit. Right. And right. it's really sad. It's really fucking sad. I just I just hope that there's actually that much of an economic downfall in the university that that is actually required. Like, I hope that they're not just saying that to recover money. Like, I'm hoping that it's actually, I was going to say a justified, you know, course of action, but that's that's not really exactly how I feel about it. It's like, like, I hope it was like a righteous move by them. Like this, they're like this is a business decision we had to. That we had no other choice, or else the university would go under. That we had to do this, right? Versus mm-hmm. them being like, "Ooh, I can't buy my yacht this year. Maybe I should let some of these people go." You know, I, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping it's something. It's not something like that, you know, because that would make me feel real sick. You know, that it's on yeah. some, on some greedy type shit. So. And you never know; it could be. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who would know? You know, it's yeah. who, who can you trust? You know. Right, right. But I mean, you know, you have a lot of um, schools that are kind of in that position that they have the money. I remember um, I heard that I think what Harvard decided they're going to go virtual. So then you have parents who are like, "Okay, so why the fuck am I paying this?" super high as tuition and my kids are going to be home. All right, fine. You make a good point. But then they're saying, okay, well, we have to have people on campus. So we got to still keep people employed. So of course we're not going to have um, the cafeterias open, but you've got to have your physical plant running. You got to have campus police, all this shit. And someone goes, well, why do you need that? I'm going, okay, what things that happen on a college campus just happen. Okay. Uh, and especially at a school like Harvard, which is old as hell. Okay, you get a building. Building might have things shut off, but what if a pipe bursts in the middle of the winter? Somebody's gonna go in and fix it. Uh, what if the you know the steam tunnels go down? The school that large price, uh, that old has steam tunnels. Somebody's gonna keep it kind of up to date. You just can't shut it down because getting back up is a pain in the ass. So somebody, you gotta have police to keep the you know keep the peace. You know. That's an opportunity for somebody to go on campus and do some dumb shit. Um, landscapers, people got to keep it looking nice. So you've got to keep you on the payroll. But I said, but think about this. A school like Harvard, what do they have? They have an endowment. Guess what you can do? They can pull up money from that endowment, pay everybody. And shit, they have the money in the endowment. They can say, all right, we can pull money from the endowment. We'll let you pay half tuition. We're good. They could do that. Are yeah. they going to do it? Probably not. Right, right. So, you know, but so, yeah, so there, so people kind of have this thought about how academia works, but 
you know, these larger schools with these, you know, big endowments, oh, there's greed. You, you, you know it. Yeah. You know, it's there. Yeah. You know, you just don't tend to think of it that way. Right, right. So, yeah. What about you? How's your summer been? I worked all summer. Um, you know, summer school, which is typical. I mean, I think what's going to end up happening is probably with the start of spring, I'm going to be like, look, is there any possible way I can work first half of the summer? I can teach three classes first half of the summer and be done because they changed the the scheduling matrix and it's all crazy. And I said, look, I want three classes to start because I would like to have at least half the summer off like I used to. Right. Um, the other thing is, you know, I've been applying for jobs like crazy and I got a call a couple weeks ago from a government contractor. They were looking to hire somebody. I told them, well, I can't leave like right now because that was like week one. They called me. Yeah. And the lady was like, well, OK, that's cool. Um, we'll hit you back. You know, we'll try to get you to meet with one of the teams and see, you know, they can get to meet you. You get to meet them, get some interest, blah, blah, blah. So that's fine. I mean, I haven't heard back from them, but I figure, okay, if I tell them I can't go anywhere until December, they're not going to hit me up now. They might hit me back maybe in late October, November, see where I'm at, see where there's interest. Um, but that would be working. Um, I think they have people who work at Homeland Security, um, so either on-site or people who work remotely. She says everyone right now is working remotely. But there's some people who have to go there, especially depending on what they're working on. They have to be there and they'll be working, obviously, with sensitive, you know, classified materials. Oh, I'd have to get uh, clearance if I work there. Um, But um, that's kind of one lead out of 50,000 jobs I've applied for. (laughs) Um, I I swear it's, 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 it's like I put out all these, all this into the environment and maybe I get like, two drops of rain that come back at me. It's just, it's crazy, man. I mean, but I mean, it's something. So we'll see if that goes anywhere, but I don't know. Um, I, I got, I last night I'm sitting there going, I got to apply for some more jobs. I, I was actually trying to apply for at least one or two jobs a day when I had time. And uh, lately haven't really had that much time. So we'll, we'll see. I'm going to try to maybe apply for some stuff tomorrow. I have some free time. And um, other than that, you know, um, me and Harper just been hanging out, um, you know, been, you know, taking them for walks, going to the park, playing, um, uh, you know, the pool has just been a pain in my ass this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gotten in it, but it had some issues. And of course it, we would have issues the last year we're going to be here. Of course, that's the way it has to go. Of course. Right. Right. Um, and now we're thinking, okay, well it's the you know, end of the summer. We're thinking maybe we get a little extra time to you know, swim a little bit. And it is extremely like today was like fall. I'm going, <laughs> yeah. are you serious? So uh, we close this thing in about a month. So we'll see if we get back in it uh, anytime soon. But that's going to be interesting. As a matter of fact, I just open the window right now. Yeah, yeah. So you might just hear the sounds of outside right now. So with me talking, you might get a, let me see if I can say this right, a cacophony of crickets. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it, it's standard for me. Um, and then, of course, us being here, um, seeing um, all the stuff we need to do to get this house ready to go. 
Um, hopefully there was some meet with our realtor soon. Uh, she was in, we emailed her. Oh, I'm in Europe. I'm like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, no, 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 no disrespect. She, 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 that, that's home. So, you know, she had to go home. She went to go home see her grandmother, celebrate her, birth, celebrate her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her daughter's there. So she went to, you know, do that. But uh, she's out and back. We'll talk, you know, get you guys straight. So, you know, we're just, we're, we're we've officially, uh, put in notice, so to speak, that you know we're, you know, moving moving shop. Um, but now the question is where. You know, um, so yeah, I started looking at that stuff too. So, so it's a lot going on. I mean, we didn't have vacation, but um, you know, again, we're still you know kind of being super careful with everything going on with with, with the virus and and trying to do that sort of stuff. But again, you know, with the things we're doing, who the hell has money? Right. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell has money with all this shit we're trying to do so I don't but you know, I don't know but um so yeah man other than that it's ain't, ain't nothing going on I mean it's work and and everything else so and then of course teaching online is again I could sit here and riff about that for a good half hour so <laughs> don't even get me started I'm not even gonna go there but um I, I, I don't I like it, but I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can imagine it being very different. You would think I wasn't used to it by now. Like in the spring, it was new, and I did it in such a different way where I would just record a lecture, post it online. Hey, you've got questions? Let me know. And the students they adapted, and you know, a lot of them dropped. Many of them finished, and the grades weren't too bad. Summer, I said, listen, they told us by fall, we have to go live and we have to do it real time. So I said, summer, I'll just do it real time, get used to it. So the first day of summer school was weird. So I log on the Zoom and I'm talking. I'm just like, this is so (laughs) fucking bizarre. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, I feel like I'm a pro at it, but it's still weird because the thing that's lacking is I don't have that connection. You know, I have a connection, but I don't have the connection. I have the students who I've had before and, you know, there's a connection there and there's some students who are new. I'm seeing there's a connection sort of being built, but for the most part, it's just that it's like, we're talking to each other over the computer, but we're not, you know, there's not that human interaction to where, you know, I can, you know, they can come to the office and talk to me or, you know, we're in class and we're chat like, you know, I'm the kind of person, you know, I'm in class and I'll say something and, that might get a laugh or that'll get, or I'll make a comment and that'll get five or six different comments that starts, you know, so it, it you know, I'm missing that because I, I make jokes all the time. And sometimes I see reactions from students, they'll laugh or they'll be like, Oh my God. But if they're doing it for some of them, I don't know because you know, some of them, they're like, they don't have their camera on. So it's like, yeah, right. Right. So it's like, <laughs> but, but with the way things are going, if the school said we're doing this again in the spring, cool, I'm good with that. If not, I mean, frankly, I would feel more comfortable depending on how things go. I mean, I would actually want to stay doing this in the spring depending on things going because I'm more worried about, you know, Harper. For just right. basically, I'm more worried about him, you know. Right, right. Um, so, but anyway, it, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that's going to go. But um, other than that, um, um, so I was, um, I was, uh, uh, I was a guest on a podcast on Sunday. So it's, uh, um, awesome. 
podcasts on the West Coast, and they're they're pretty funny guys. And uh, I've been listening to their podcast and been interacting with them on Twitter. And they're like, "Yeah, hey, we gotta get you on the show." And kind of been back and forth. And finally, um, I last week they hit me up. I was like, "Yeah, I can come on this Sunday." And they record for a long time. I think I was on for about an hour, hour, almost a couple hours. And then sometimes their recording sessions go really long. Oh. So I was like, so I was like, I got to go, but had a good time. Definitely want to come back, but it was funny. So I think the episode will be out on Friday. I okay. Think they usually record on Sunday and they release on Friday. So, um, so I'll, I'll send you the link, but it's, um, you know, real, real good shit. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a sports podcast, but they, they joke that they said, well, we listen to your podcast and you talk about way more sports than we talk about on our, our podcast. <laughs> so, so we hope you're ready to not talk about as much sports. I said, dude, I'm, I'm here to do whatever. So yeah, l- let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. L- let it rip. <laughs> so yeah, man. So, so that's it, you know, um, and I mentioned our, I mentioned this podcast and, you know, got this um, ready to go, getting it started. So, you know, that'll be something that's uh, new coming out really soon. So, you know, I kind of said, you know, I'll put the word out when, when this hits the streets. So, you know, but other than that, you know, just um, still still grinding in every way possible, you know. That's what's up. Yeah, man. What, what was, um, what's the name of that podcast? It's the High Score 510 Podcast. Got it. I score five one zero, so yeah, but yeah, they're they're funny, they're they're funny guys, and they kind of just go, they're all. I mean, they talk a little news, they talk a little sports. They're just all over the map. They're out, they're all, all on the west. They're on the Bay Area, so they're nice. so so a lot of stuff they're talking about. I knew some of it. I do have family in the Bay Area, so some things I know, and then some things, and I have friends who went to school out there. So I have some things I know, but then I was like, oh, okay, that's new. I didn't. Realized that or know that about you know certain parts of kind of like Oakland, Berkeley, um, you know San Francisco, all those area, all those places in the Bay. Um, so I was like, okay, so but um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was just, it was so unexpected, but we had just been trying to make it happen for a while, and it finally finally went finally popped off. So so yeah, awesome. Um, how's the mystery sound doing? Oh man, it's been really good actually. Um, we have been organizing a lot better and we're launching a new website and we are doing a mixtape and getting a bunch of MCs to rap over a bunch of our little songs like snippets um, let's see we got a bunch of merch and stuff see my shirt well see I, that's why I asked but um, so so um, I'm, I'm gonna say give them the website player it's not live yet. Oh damn! Damn. But, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, not. Okay. It's not going to be live for like probably another month. I think. Oh shit! Okay. It's yeah, all I'm good. trying to like. I'm trying to like. <laughs> come on, come on, get the website, dog. Get the website. Well, I mean, either way, you can find us at uh, Mystery Is Music on any of the social media platforms, and it's Mystery Sound Recordings dot Bandcamp dot com. Okay. That's how they, right. that's how anyone can get a hold of us. Listen to our okay. music, all that. All right. So you heard that? Go cop that. Buy the record, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> cool man. Yeah. Um. So I let's see. I was 
on Total Wine's website about maybe a month or two ago, looking around, and I got to order stuff uh, now, but then I was kind of in between orders. I was seeing what they had new, and I saw some beers, some new beers, old beers, fine, whatever, and I remember seeing like Narragansett. They have Narragansett in a 15-pack. They've got, you know, the six-pack, all that shit, right? So, I happen to look at the ratings, and I go, hmm, those ratings look kind of low to me. So I went into the ratings section, and then I looked at some of the comments, and I thought to myself, now, call me crazy, but you've had Narragansett. I have. Okay, so just quickly, what do you think about it? What, what do you think about it? Just quickly. I think Narragansett, Narragansett is... I think it's a fantastic beer to have in your fridge. It's like a Swiss Army knife, you know. It's it's. Oh. I mean, it's it's very easily drinkable. That's okay. what I, that's what I would say. Okay. okay. Um, it's not like an excellent, excellent, excellent beer, but it's not a cheap piece of shit either. Okay. Um, I would, and it's it's fairly inexpensive, so you know. Okay. And they've got like a bunch of different flavors and stuff, you know. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. It's not fancy. It's not super special. It's just regular. It's normal. It's like I'm I'm drinking beer today. There's nothing pretentious about it at all. Now, first of all, that was a really good review and call me crazy but that was very commercial worthy <laughs> that was very sponsor worthy <laughs> if anyone from narragansett hears that review hit us up because we need a sponsorship for this fucking podcast that's all i'm saying that's very true but anyway but anyway <laughs> um oh shit y'all 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 send some free beer shit you will get sponsorships all up and down this motherfucker i will be in here and some narragansett draws if you got them so um the reason, the reason <laughs> don't. If they make Narragansett draw, let me know. I will wear them shits. You hear that Narragansett? You hear it? I said it. It will happen. Um. So the reason I asked you that is I was looking at the ratings of the beer. So you made some really good points because I read and I don't remember. I'd have to go find that, and I should have pulled it up while I was thinking while we we're sitting there. But I saw some ratings. Of you know people who write the comments and people who write ratings have to be in some cases some of the most insufferable douchebags on on the planet because they're writing these ratings and they're like oh this beer is you know it's not that great and blah 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 and I'm going what the fuck did you expect like it's a okay first of all it's a good price mm-hmm. it's you know like I said I've talked about it a lot but my whole thing is. Okay, if you wanted something super, super fancy, you're in the wrong fucking section. Yes. Yep. You know, it's you know, it's where it is. You know, I mean, well, in Total Wine, everything is either craft beer and then it's by, it's in alphabetical order. But, you know, you look at your price points and you say, okay, this one's $6.99 for six pack. The 15 pack is, I forget the price, like I bought two of them, I don't remember. But, you know, you go further down, you'll get, um, like if you're in... Um, at Total Wine and Laurel, okay, you get the Maryland craft beers, okay? Those can be range in price. Now, 
just because as we talked about things range on a particular price does not necessarily mean they're going to be good right but if you want that six pack for 15.99 you can get that if you want something that's you know on the lower end you can get it. you can find whatever you want but i was just amazed at you know the, the i i called it and and you can help me define this i called it beer snobbery i mean that that just sounded like such sounded like such a just a snobby review of something that you know, as you said it's not it's not fancy. It's not pretentious. It's just, it's simple. It's delicious. It's just it, it, you calling it a Swiss army knife. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. You can take that beer and go fishing. Like you can take that beer and go grilling. You can take that beer to a friend's house. You can take that beer wherever, you know, you can take that beer and make more friends. Exactly. Hmm. Again, you hear that in Narragansett? We make friends with the beer. <laughs> it's easy to give away, too. Like, say you buy a 15-pack and you go hang out with some friends. You know? Yes. You, yes. you, you drink three or four and like, hey, man, just hold on to those. You know? Have, have a good time. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That, that get crazy now. Now, wait a minute. You said 15-pack. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A six-pack, maybe. You know, if I got two, if I got two other people... Everybody get two beers a piece, and 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 they're the tall boys. That's cool. Fifteen pack. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let, let's, let's slow. Let's pump your brakes here. All right. You know, you might get you might get two or th- you might get two or three. And after that, you and they say you just gonna go buy your own. Right. I'm greedy with my shit. And, and and you know what? That um, I'm not even like a summer shandy type of person, but that summer shandy is delicious. And it's that um, it's some and I told you it's some famous uh, Dells, it's some famous place in oh, right, right. Uh, Newport or whatever Providence. Or it's in New, it's in Rhode Island, but I mean that place is famous, and they've got uh, the, the, the 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 summer shandy. They've got the watermelon shandy, right? And then they got a Dells hard lemonade. I just learned about. Oh wow! I follow I follow them on the gram. I'm, I'm clearly <laughs> obsessed. I'm clearly obsessed. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like I don't understand. I, I, I think we've gotten to a point where um, I understand. I've always told people, you know, drink good beer. Like after a certain point in your life, you shouldn't drink shitty beer. But even stuff that's nice and simple is not shitty. It's not cheap. It's good. Um, you you know what I wanted the other night, and I saw a commercial. There's this commercial on TV now. You see a grill, and you see nothing but sausages. Because Rachel was like, what the fuck am I looking at? And I go, oh, man, dude, you see dude turning shit? I mean, every part of that grill is covered with meat. And then you hear the guy talking, and then you see the can. Guy's cracking a high life. I was like, I want a fucking high life right now. Yeah, yeah. So I've had a high life recently. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Karen and I went to this bar, and uh, it's a funny story. We used to go to that uh, Belgian beer bar, right, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Hamden, and there was a bartender there that was, like, super, super, super cool. You know, he would talk to us about the beer. He would recommend stuff. He would let us try stuff. He was just super fucking nice. 
and um, we went back to that Belgian spot, and all he wasn't working there. Like, yo, where's where's Scott? And he's like, oh, he's not. He doesn't work here anymore. We're like, fuck, because I didn't know him outside of the bar. You know, usually I'd know somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And and I never knew this dude, and I didn't know anyone he knew, so I couldn't be like, where is this guy working now? You know, because he was hooking mm-hmm. us up after a while. Like I was tipping him heaven. He was hooking us up all all day. Nice. Yeah. So then I found out. Oh, oh, yeah. So I found out he was at this place called Wet City, and one of my, uh, you know, uh, acquaintances and his brother opened up this bar restaurant, and they serve craft beer. And I was like, dope. So I went down there, and I was like, oh shit, fucking Scott's working here. Holy shit, this is amazing. So we're talking, we're shooting the shit, and, <clears throat> and Karen and I are at the end of the bar. We were, it was a date night. We're just hanging out, eating food, some small plates and shit, and. um Someone sits a couple seats next to us, and I wasn't really paying attention, you know, because Kara and I were talking. I was facing, she, this lady was facing the other direction. All of a sudden, Kara's like, oh, excuse me, she gets that, the girl's attention. What is that you're drinking? Because she noticed that the bartender put down a high life in front of her, but it was like pink. Okay. And, and there was a, a, a lemon sticking out of the top of it. Okay. So, so Kara was like, she was like, she was like, hold on, hold on, I gotta ask this lady like what she's drinking. She, she was like, hey, excuse me, what is that that you have? The girl turns around and it's someone that I know that used to work at Joe's Record Paradise in Baltimore. She was like, yeah, it was so it was like a she had been sitting there for like a half hour and I never even looked in her direction and I ended up, <laughs> so we ended up knowing each other. Sorry, long story, but. Um, it was called like a spaghetti or something like that, where mm-hmm. you drink some of the high life and then you pour like a half a shot of Aperol, which is like an orange liqueur. It's an Italian orange liqueur. Okay. And then you put um, a splash of lemon juice in it and then put a lemon and it tastes fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. so good. So ever since then, Every once in a while, like Carol or I will bring home like a, I mean, <laughs> let's be real, a 12 pack, a high life because <laughs> we already have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to bring home one high life. You're going to bring home six high lives. Might as well bring home 12. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Because, you know, you could, you know, if you drink a beer that has high alcohol content, like a 5% beer is not going to do much for you. So, no. you know, you and you know, high lifes are not very heavy. They're very easy to drink too. So, mm-hmm. you know, usually, so we would be making those spaghetti things or whatever they're called. I'm not exactly sure the pronunciation. And it would, you know, we would just drink those for a while, and then you know, like ah, we either run out of aperol or I don't really want to have this anymore. But there's high lifes all over the place because <laughs> we had twelve mm-hmm. of them. So sometimes I'll just drink. I'll, I just make sure I try to get it as cold as possible. And I'll drink a high mm-hmm. life, not, you know, mm-hmm. by itself. Not, not feeling it. Like Narragansett is way better than that. I think. Oh, oh, no, no, no question. You but know? it's just like it's something. It, it's like there was a time where I drank a lot. Of, like I think I told you, I used to drink MGD, and at that time, I was like, okay, this is great. Then I drank High Life. I remember my dad used to drink High Life back in the day, but then right. I drank High Life going, this is way better than MGD. MGD sucks ass. Yeah, yeah. So I drank High Life, and again, there was a time where I was drinking. Cheap beer, but it was you know way better than most things are way better than Budweiser or Coors and other shit. Right. But then I go, 
well, how about, you know, you know, you drink Narragansett and go, okay, I mean, if I had to choose, it's never going to be Narragansett. However, MGD will work in a pinch without question. Sure, 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 absolutely. If you want to drink beer, whatever beer you got is the beer you got, you know? Like, if you're in, if it's like, I, I need to have a beer right now. Say you're at some barbecue place in the wood, in the country. Mm-hmm. And, but guess what? <laughs> they have Budweiser, Miller Lite, and Coors Light on tap. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> let's just, let's just transport ourselves back to the 90s. You know? It's Miller Lite, man. Exactly. It's Miller Lite. Right? It's Miller Lite. It's, it's, I mean, but the point it's is, easy decision. But the point is, it's something. You know, right, right. When I mm-hmm. moved, like before, I moved to Baltimore. I think I had a, a Natty Bow, like one, maybe one or two times. National Bohemian for people that aren't mm-hmm. from DMV. And <clears throat> I tried it, and I was like, "This is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> this is gross. Like, why would why would somebody drink this? You know, the and National then, Wine of Baltimore, right? But then, like you know, you live here." And then you go to people's homes and you, you know, eat food that you just cooked out, you know, and you're chilling or you're at someone's place, you're eating crabs, you know, and someone mm-hmm. has a, a cooler full of ice cold Natty bows, Like, it's, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's like, it is. you know, it, shitty beer is only shitty based on the environment you're in, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes sense. I, I think you're right. Par- that par- kind of makes sense. Partially, not not fully, right? You know, kinda, kinda, kinda. Yo, a, I see what you're saying. A yeah, loose correlation, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, now if we want to get real scientific, we would get test this test this theory. But yeah, you're right. Like if if you're if you're being festive as fuck, and you've got not so great beer, it makes shit more festive. Yeah. However. If your shit's fucked up, you get shitty beer where everything's just shit. <laughs> it's already shitty. <laughs> You're just making it more shitty. Right? <laughs> and I feel like that that's uh, very true when it in terms of vices. <laughs> you know, because like, you know, you could you could order Domino's, right? And it's going to taste the same. Right. But like you know, you have a shitty situation, and you got some shitty beer. Like that just makes it worse. <laughs> makes it fucking worse. Because at that point, in a shitty situation, if you had just that forty ounce of high life, well, there you go. That just tells you everything you need to know right there. Right, right. It's gonna be all hot by the time it's done. Ugh. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Champagne's supposed to be served cold. (laughs) (laughs) You might as well just leave the shit. You might as well just buy from the store. You might as well just ask for the brown paper bag and leave the shit in the damn brown paper bag. Right, right. Just just keep swigging. Just keep keep chucking. Yeah. I I know, I know. Oh, shit. But even regular warm champagne is terrible. So right. yeah, either way, right. you're 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 not you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah, exactly. Way. Exactly. Oh my god! But that why? Was so no, but but why? Why 
is there's so there's I was just talking to Kara about this maybe two days ago. So I'm about to say some some things, and then I'm about to say some things that negate what I said. Okay. There should be no reason why craft beer is so expensive at the store. Okay. No, I agree. I bought a four-pack of gluten-free beer. Now, I wait, for Kara, wait. it's not for me. Kara's going through a, a gluten-free phase. She's trying a gluten-free thing. Let's just leave it oh, at okay. that. I'm, okay, I'm, sh- said, I'm shaking my head, and you're shaking my head, and this is being recorded. So, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. As, as the judge will say, I'll allow it. Go ahead. I'll allow it. Go ahead, go ahead, counselor. So, the the day before, she was like, "Oh man, I just want a beer so bad. I want a beer so bad." And I remembered that, and I had a, I had to run some errands, and I was like, "I'm gonna get her some fucking beer. I'm gonna go to this fancy place." And get fucking some gluten free beer. Seventeen ninety nine for a four pack of Tall Boys. Now, I understand that it's gluten free. I understand that it's a special process. I get that. But they have also regular beer there. Say a six pack of some local craft beer will be twelve thirteen ninety nine. Now, they will be like six, seven, eight percent. Some of them still only like five and a half, you know, and still that price. So, <clears throat> still too expensive. That's too expensive. It's too expensive. It's it's local brew. It doesn't have to get shipped that far. Um, you know, local beer. Prices should be low for locals. It should. When Karen and I went to Portland, every single bar was like their own brewery. <clears throat> they all made fantastic beer that was crazy high in uh, alcohol content. And they would be like five, six dollars each at a bar, right? If you want to get a growler, it's like ten dollars. You know? Super inexpensive. Like, super inexpensive. Um, you go to the to the the liquor store. <clears throat> the six packs of local stuff, seven eight dollars for a six pack. You know, mm-hmm. in D.C., if you sometimes you go to a restaurant and one beer will be nine dollars, ten dollars, yes. eleven dollars, yes. twelve dollars. <clears throat> one time, I was at a club DJing. I went to the bar, I ordered three Heinekens, and it was like $36 or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I, I think what ha- what, what's, okay. Um, Portland. It's probably more like economies of scale where you have a bigger proportion of the population who are uh, consuming the beer and thus they can lower their prices. Um, when I was in San Diego back in 2000, 
2007, 2008, I went to a, like a, a rooftop type of, I was at a conference. So they took us to this, why do I, why am I echoing? This is bothering me. I'm echoing. This is crazy. You hear, do you hear me echoing? No, I don't. It's weird. Um, are you um, <clears throat> monitoring sorry. yourself in GarageBand? So you can be hearing you can be hearing yeah, yourself. I feel like the echo's getting worse. Huh. Um can you I have, sorry. I have feedback protection. Uh, unless No. It would be something called like uh <clears throat> like monitoring during like the recording process. So you don't want to monitor yourself. You're basically hearing yourself twice. You're hearing yourself from okay let's see from Google okay Hangout. i just okay i see it there's a monitoring button i just clicked on it and the, and the echo's gone gotcha right so you were okay you were hearing yourself from like um google hangout but you're also hearing yourself out of garage band uh, at the same time oh that's gonna be fun in post-production okay anyway but um, i mean it that shouldn't affect the recording it should just affect the uh you hearing yourself okay okay yeah, yeah. So Portland, the economies of scale is there. I went to San Diego for a conference. They had this rooftop little reception for you know some of the these. Uh, it was a, a caucus of Black public health uh, professionals. So fine, we go to this rooftop thing. Shit was slamming. I'm like, man, man, this this, this is great. But rooftop, I can see Petco Park. You know the the uh, the Padres home field from from the rooftop of this hotel. Shit was dope. Dope. I went. I said, let me go get a beer. I got a beer. I think that beer was like. Ten, twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. What the fuck? I said. Like, I might as well just drink. No, or is it the other way around? No, I got a mixed drink. The mixed drink was expensive as shit. The beer wasn't as bad, but still expensive. I'm going. I can't get drunk at these prices. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, you can't. Um, you can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for people who, you know, and at that time I was kind of really on a budget. You know, I that trip was just, you know, I, you know. Could you know get the hotel stuff, get the you know airline ticket? I was going to present a, a poster, and then you know, oh, by the way, you know, people are going out and doing shit, which I didn't really do a whole lot of stuff. I, I spent most of my time in the hotel bar, <laughs> having dinner, watching TV, and talking to the locals and shit. But um, but yeah, that um, uh, you know. Here, DC. I don't know why DC Brow here is so goddamn expensive. Yeah. It's not like they're making the shit underground yeah. in some gold-plated fucking uh, barrels and shit, and they gotta, you know, find some secret tunnel to get it to everybody. I mean, they're making the shit right in the city. All they have to do is ship it several miles out to other places, like like here in Montgomery County. What? Why is a six pack cost twenty dollars? That is the most ridiculous shit ever. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, and they make good beer, but I mean, come on, your beer ain't that damn good. Right, right. I mean, do do you do you know of a beer that you would spend that kind of money on for a six pack? Like seriously? No, not not regularly, at least. You know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I really don't understand why it's like that. You know, I remember, so Brewer's Art in Baltimore, they were like one of the few breweries for the longest time. And then the craft beer, you know, whole thing like 
industry boomed like crazy. So there's like, I don't even know how many there are in Baltimore now. Probably 20. You know, I have no clue exactly, but there's a lot. And, hmm. uh, you know, you I could get a growler filled for like 14 bucks. And, and that's, it, not, that's good. Right? Like now a six pack of Resurrection is $13, $14. It's crazy. But you know what? I was... I used, used to, to be able to get these. Times. Used to be able to get these giant glasses for four dollars when you went. When you mm-hmm. went, the four dollar pours. Sorry to cut you off. Damn. No, no, it's cool. Shit. Four dollar pour sounds good. Sounds great right now. Yeah. Um. And that beer is seven percent. It's a Belgian triple. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's what's up. Um. Yeah. Because I was just thinking back today. I was like, well, shit. I remember. Uh, one year close to my birthday, I think my a couple days of my birthday, I'd be like, "Fuck, dude!" I pulled them growlers out. I went to Duclaw. I had two growlers. I said, "Fill these motherfuckers." Nice. And I was just <laughs> for like a week just going at it. And I thought about this shit today. I was like, "They probably ain't filling growlers right now." Probably not. Probably not. Shit. I think I got two. I you know Kevin got. We got some beer from Kevin, and he gave us a little small growler. I know I got at least one Duclaw Growler in there, at least one, that one. I might have two. And then one day I was looking at buying like a new Growler, but like the ones that are um, the thermal joints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I'm going, I don't really, at least not now, I ain't drinking beer like that. Not right now. You know, like if y'all were coming over, I'd be like, shit, I have a couple thermal Growlers, <laughs> yeah. put the bitches in the fridge, get them cold, and be like, sit them on the counter, help yourself, go nuts, you know. But. Yeah, man, shit, and and I think Duke Claw, they always around this time have a really good selection, and they I think they're filling growlers at least for ten bucks, maybe something right. like that. Right, right, it yep. was really cheap. Yep. But now, I mean, I'm sure the prices have gone up. Um, consider maybe not considerably. I'm sure the prices have gone up, but still, you know, you could get a growler fill for I don't say maybe twenty dollars or under, maybe. Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, man, you can't beat that. Poor. You can't beat those prices, and it's good craft beer. Right. But right. why do you have this big, well, I guess because it's from the source, you know, you're going right to a tap, they can, you know, there you go, here's your beer, as opposed to, you know, well, duh, dummy, let's use your business side of your brain. Part of that pricing is partial on the store. So that's the store kind of marketing. it sure, up. So sure. everybody's trying to get their cut. So DC Brown wants their cut. The store wants their cut. So you pay $20 for a six-pack. And everybody's getting there. So more likely what's happening is the store is getting something off of it, but then they're kicking back to DC Brow because they're getting their shit because yep. they're paying directly to them. So but you would think there'd be a better way for these um these home not these home brewers, but these smaller crap breweries or just the crap breweries in general to produce their beer at a rate to where they're getting better prices you also have to think about distribution i could go in and get star hill star hill's prices are way more reasonable than that of dc brow maybe dc yeah. brow just doesn't have the the scope of customer if they if they were available more places they would probably drop their prices their prices right. you know their beer is good but they're probably not they're probably exclusive to certain places star hill's like fuck it you want our beer you got our beer. Our beer is good, and you can find star. I can find Star Hills just about anywhere, yeah. at any time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all about 
where and then of course the distributors play a big role in that too and of course they want their cut also right right so yeah so the the flip side of that when i said i was gonna argue against my point was i was at the store buying a bottle of wine and i was like well you know i'm not gonna buy a ten dollar bottle of wine I'm gonna buy a twelve dollar bottle of wine. Wait, ten dollar but twelve dollar. Yeah, I was like, so here's my so here's my question. Mm-hmm. Were you familiar with any either one of these wines? Nope, not at all. Okay, I typically will buy my wine purchases on the little tag recommendation if there happens to be one under the bottle. Okay, where the price okay. is. Or I'll, mm-hmm. or just the label. Like Carol, be like, I want a, I don't know, she want a, a Malbec, and I'm like, okay, so I'll go. I'll when I'm, I'll get whatever beer I want, and then I'll go to the Malbec section if they have it, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I look at you know a typical price point, and I mm-hmm. like I just look at like the artwork, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. I look at the artwork. I'm like, all right, what kind of, and I get some cool looking artwork on it and if it if anyone that i'm looking at has a little thing that <gasps> said that some person rated it like a 90 something you know i don't know what any of this stuff is this right, wine right, has been right. featured on the blah 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 blah. i'm like ooh, fancy <laughs> that has mm. to be good right i don't know you know okay no okay okay i i get that um I, i'm sort of the same way i'm i think for me the artwork is secondary I do as, that because as sometimes, it, as it should be, as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 look, look, look. I, when you're saying that, I'm laughing in my head, going, "Okay, you know, I'm not going to diss anyone's system. It, it, it works for you." Um, but yeah, you know, most people are kind of thinking, "Let's find something that's good first, and then who cares if the bottle has a white label on it with you know, some kindergartner writing in crayon? No one gives a shit, you know? right?" Um, but. Um, uh, like I would do the same thing. Like if I say I want a Malbec, you know, which I don't drink a lot of Malbec, but you no know, Malbec. Oh, no, I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. Uh, Merlot. I'm sorry. I drink a lot of Merlot. I don't drink a lot of Malbec. However, uh, Los Alamos is typically good. Uh, I think St. Francis is good too. Those are two in there. St. Francis is a little more upscale. Los Alamos is a little kind of middle of the road as far as pricing. But yeah, I'll do the same thing. I said, hmm, what's good? So I read the description and go, okay. Now, usually what gets me is, and, I, and we've talked about this, this double edged sword with ratings. You'll say, okay, this has a 93 points from Wine Spectator. Okay, great. It's got to be fucking good. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be fucking delicious. Every now and then, <laughs> you'll get it. It gets this 94 points, and you'll have it and go, but again, it's all about, you know, where it's from. So, for example, I think Los Alamos is from Argentina. So an Argentinian wine is going to have, you know, a little bit more. It's going to be the body is going to be different as opposed to, say, um, I think I had a, a Chilean Chardonnay one time and it was disgusting. <laughs> and. What I found out was when I read the description later and I was talking to somebody about it, they go, yeah, you taste banana in it. And it that banana just hit my palate and it wow. was fucking terrible. Wow. And I was like, well, not fucking with Chilean Chardonnay anymore. That shit's <laughs> gross, you know. 
So I stick with, you know, anybody, you know, America Chardonnay, California Chardonnay, uh, you know, Chardonnay from anywhere else but Chile. No, thank you. you know? So what but what is the uh, middle of the road pricing for you? Um, so considering the fact that I'm about to make a wine order and the wines I've been drinking are three dollars a bottle. What? For me, the, you sir, son, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, oh, you've had it. I think you. Yeah, y'all had it. I'll, I'll tell you about it. In a minute. Um, so middle row for me these days would probably be like thirteen, fourteen dollars. Gotcha. Because and then for me, if, if I spend that much, it, you have to give me a really good deal. So like, if I go to Total Wine and they say, "Hey, we're trying this wine today. I'll try it," and then say, "Oh, there's a four dollar off coupon." So if you say to me that the wine costs. Uh, Eighteen dollars, I get four dollars off. I'm still getting it for fourteen, right? Right, and it's decent. Right, shit, I'll buy it. And, they, and they're good at doing that. They will market that. Say, hey, here's now. When you come out to have it the next time, will you buy the eighteen ball dollar bottle of wine? Maybe you may or may not, depending on what you're feeling. Gotcha. They're trying you to know, get most of the time. I walk hooked. Right. Most of the time, I walk in the store and go eighteen dollars. No. Ten dollars, yes. Three dollars, most definitely. You know, I'm kind of pushing. <laughs> I mean, but 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 that says more to me. That says more for me about um, spending at a certain level because you know, five, six, seven years ago, probably more than that, I go to wine tastings and someone say, "I'll taste and go, shit, this is delicious." How much? Twenty bucks. Right. Yeah, sure. What the hell? Right. Right. Now you start talking thirty, forty, fifty. Okay, I tried it. You know, whatever. You know, I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not gonna buy that. Um, the wine, the wine shop I used to work at. I used to work at. They had a, a little retail area, so my boss would have wines on a shelf, and you know, in these little wine holders, you could go in. A lot of the wines he had on the menu, you could buy by the class, by the bottle, one or the other, or both, or you go to the retail store and buy it to take home. I think we. No, I don't think we had uncorking fees at the time. I think you know we we had it where. If you want to take it home, you have to cork it and take it home. We did do that. Anyway, I was looking at, I was looking stuff one night. It was after hours. I'm looking and then I go, hey, George, when the fuck did you get a bottle of Opus One in here? He had a bottle of Opus One in that business. That shit was like $100. Wow. And I'm just like, I would love to try Opus One, just say I did try it, but I never did. I don't think he, yeah, a lot of shit. He loves to drink a lot of wine. Like, <laughs> like, because, Wine goes bad. He was very good about he'll like we'll have sealed with we'll seal stuff and he'll say he'll open a bottle and like he'll say, Okay, this is okay, um, this is fine. Sometimes we'll be out the house, he'll be like, Look, these wines, if they don't go tonight, we, we gotta get rid of them. So hey, y'all wanna sit, we chill, we talk, we drink some wine, eat some food, whatever. That's cool, awesome. we sit there and eat. One night I was on I was on my way out the door, my man was like, Here, take the bottle home. Okay, and he it had to stop her. So I don't know if you've seen, I used to have a red bottle of wine. If I have a red on the counter, I have a stopper that I have to pump. I uh-huh. got that from that job. Wow. Because he sent me home with it, and I think I ended up leaving the job not too long after that. And I felt bad. I said, damn, I should get this back to him. But he had a thousand of your shit. Yeah. So I, I kept it, you know, and it's a nice, I use it just for my red wine to seal it once I open it. But yeah, he would be like, "Shit, we he'd say, hey y'all, y'all want drinks one night? Yes, sir. So yeah, like, let's try this. Let's try this. Oh, yo, we got to drink this before it goes bad. You know, boom, all right, word, yo. So one night we had a bunch of uh, business school students from Darden. Um, 
at a party. And after the party, we made all his food. He had all his food left over. He goes, y'all want to eat? Right? Because he had the restaurant open, I think, on a Monday night just for them. So I worked. He was like, come on in. Let's let's eat. Let's drink some wine. We good. I said, word up. That's my dog. That's George, my, awesome. George, George is my dog. That's my dog. I, I got to find him. I ain't talked to him in so long, but good guy. Awesome guy. Loved him. Loved him. His wife was awesome. She she come in and, you know, have have, have some wine. She loved uh, this, this uh, wine called Cake Bread. Mm-hmm. And expensive. It wasn't my thing. I wasn't big on it. it. I just didn't do it. Just didn't do it for me. But she loved that wine. But they're an awesome couple, and I really thoroughly enjoy working for them. I just wish I could stay at that job because it's nice when you can. I got my file cabinet right here, and it was, it was in the same place next to my desk when I had my apartment. I go in the bottom drawer. I'm gonna see if I still got it. <laughs> So you know what this is, right? So it's a double tree cookie tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This motherfucker would be full of tip money. Damn. One day I was I was going to my my day job. I was like, damn, I need some cash. Bitch over. Guess I'm, guess I'm getting lunch today too. Nice. In my pocket. Because you know when you work that kind of job, you know they pay you you know some bullshit ass wage, but I would make. I walk out of bitch some night, two hundred thousand tips, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand tips, um, and afterwards, sometimes a whole bunch of us would be like, "Well, shit, we close." I think we close at eleven, mm-hmm. and the bars are still open. So some nights we we're in another bar, <laughs> acting crazy and wild, but we in there just throwing down money. Let's go, let's do this shit, you know. Yeah, man, I missed that. Damn, I just that was those fun times, man. I just wish I could have stayed in that job though, but. Yeah. I had a good time, learned a lot about wine and, uh, you know, just met some really cool, awesome people I'm still still in contact with on, on Facebook. And um, so I so starting to start not the, the, the Graham uh, account just so I can keep up with people because a lot of people that, you know, after I, I leave Facebook, I'm just, you know, just just be, that'd be it. You know, I'm not right. done. You know? So talking but about yeah. that, how how has it been so far? How How long has it been and how has it been? It's cool. I mean, um, so um, my brother, uh, so both his accounts, because you saw he has his account for his his his, his shooting uh, business. So his uh, his lessons, because he was telling me about it. He, I called him actually the week before, and he's like, "Yeah, um, I'm putting out a thing where," because we were talking about it before he trains. You know, he lives in Virginia, so he trains. He said, "I figure out a way where I could train people if you want to get your." concealing carry in maryland but you can also get concealing carry in virginia so i've been reposting his shit on my story so people if they're interested they can reach out to him do the concealed carry shit so um, you know my nieces you know you know i i follow them uh, one of my nieces has a uh she's a makeup artist so she has her account just for doing her makeup shit um uh, and then you know just knit a lot of my friends from grad school some friends from college i'm following them because I think initially I told a lot of people following me on Twitter so a lot of people follow me on Twitter mm-hmm. and I interact with them there but now I see some people and I got a couple work uh, work colleagues that follow me there too uh, follow me on the gram but yeah it's been cool and uh, I found um, a lot of aviation shit that I like it's real dope I saw yeah uh, I like I mean meh. Instagram has like almost anything <clears throat> you're looking for like it's almost as nuanced as like YouTube in mm-hmm, terms of finding mm-hmm. a page, which is great because 
I think YouTube is probably like my number one entertainment source at the moment. Yeah, you yeah. Did, did you end up getting a subscription? I didn't. Not not yet. Maybe in the maybe in the future. Okay. Because I'm still not quite sold on an Instagram. I, I mean, uh, YouTube. I'm still not sold on that. I mean, I I see the benefit because there is a lot of TV on YouTube. Although I will say. Hulu? Have you looked at Hulu lately? They have stepped their game the fuck up. Really? It's crazy. I haven't. I'll yes. check it out. Yeah. Yes. At this point, Amazon's trash at this point. Because, <laughs> because what happened, Amazon lost content to HBO Max. Yeah. Yep. FX took all their shit and put it on Hulu. So now at this point I have Amazon, I'm kind of going, okay, I, you know, Harper watches his kid shows. Right, right. And excuse me, they've got all their Some uh, original, original programming. That's right. it. That's yeah. really it. I, yeah. and there's nothing on their original program now. Well, you know what? Supposedly Mad Men left Netflix and supposedly is going to Amazon. I, I did hear that. Cause I was talking to, um, so I was listening to this one podcast they did. They're doing these, um, discussions about their impressions they're looking at the wire versus breaking bad so i listened to them talk about season one of each show and then i said have y'all ever watched mad men they're like no i said you gotta check that shit out and i said it was on netflix I, so i did some research i said yo it's on amazon it's going to amazon y'all need to check that shit out that's a very cool show to watch i mean if y'all are really into i mean i mean obviously very different shows you know uh you know uh breaking bad versus the wire versus um Mad Men, but it's that serial type of show that you know it has an interesting, a lot of interesting, interesting storylines, a lot of shit going on, and you know, again, to to start it, you know, if you've watched it, yeah, you watch, you watch Mad Men. I've watched most of it, yeah, yeah, and then of course that you have to kind of get over that whole um, that '60s vibe where it's all white men and it's you know just the whole weird vibe of their misogyny and their their right. their feelings about race and shit you know it's crazy right, right. but once you get over that the stories are interesting um just all the shit that happens so but yeah but i told you yeah y'all should check that shit that shit is interesting it's a good show and you'll be hooked um trying to just get through it because i think it's seven seasons right right and you know but but yeah um yeah, Amazon at this point is just there. <laughs> I just don't really have any use for it anymore. I'm, I'm ready to take the app off my phone. It's just this is pointless. You know? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I never watch like actually watched movies on Amazon on my phone. I don't think ever. I watched so the original content I would watch. So like, um, Man in the High Castle was good. Um, Man, there was a couple of a handful of others. Tales from the Loop is really good. I mean, that one's super dope. Um, mm-hmm. But not not many, not many. I mean, Netflix had yeah. had has a ton. HBO Max has a ton. Mm-hmm. YouTube has you know a bunch of people's original content. There's just tons of shit mm-hmm. out there. There's tons of stuff everywhere, you know. But yeah, right, right. Amazon's <laughs> they're not doing so well. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, even we managed to, I told you, we managed to watch a uh, stand up on, on it once, right. um, you know, not too long ago. 
but all their stand-ups are old because that's the other thing we've been looking at uh, Netflix. We've been like, because Rachel's like, let's watch some stand-up. No, there's nothing. Um, and I think it's probably, and she was like, probably because of COVID. It's like, probably. They've been putting on a lot of um, foreign comedians, which I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm down with British humor. I, I get British humor. We saw this one lady. We're like, who is she? And we started watching. She's Australian. We're, and we're kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had a French guy, but the shit was all in subtitles. Right. But they're paying like a lot of the same people to do shit, which there are some people who are good. Don't get me wrong. You know, like Tom Segura. Um, who else? Uh, I had somebody else in my head. Um, fuck. Uh, there's some other um, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Yeah, I just went blank. But Tom Segura is one person that he's consistently good. But there are a lot of comedians that are doing um you know they're on netflix they're doing a lot of the same shit and they do a lot uh tom papa tom papa he's he's fucking hysterically funny yeah um but and he has a show on um Saturday radio okay um uh, so he does for netflix radio which i'm going <laughs> netflix is trying to make all that yeah <laughs> trying to trying to all the damn money diversi- diversify your bonds kid <laughs> yes sir that's that's how you do diversify them shits have you been watching um, um lovecraft country on hbo i've heard about it again we don't have hbo so oh man I mean, you, oh but you know what got my, we still you got my you login. Know what? we do have it we still do have it indirectly you got my login if right? you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, we still do have it. All right. So um when yeah, actually we need lo- to finish ballers mm-hmm. and we wanted to start something else that was on HBO. I can't remember we talked about it, but yeah, we gotta finish ballers. We have like a season of ballers left to watch. And then there's something yeah, there was another show on HBO that we saw we're like, oh, the righteous gemstones. We talked about starting the righteous oh, yes. gemstones. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's such a funny show. Yeah. And and the Watchmen yeah. was like one of the my favorite shows, I think, oh, of, of right. all time now. Like Right. That show is so brilliant. Huh. Huh. Cool, man. Yeah, but yeah. But like I said, we're we're still the same, but we got you know, we watched uh some Parks and Rec the other night and we're almost at the end of the first to last season, then we'll start the last season. But I mean, god damn that show's funny. And what we realized about that show is that it's true about a lot of shows like that. The Main characters, like for example, with with the office, you know, Michael got on your fucking nerves. However, to me, Creed is funny as shit. Yes. Um, Meredith is insane. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other, the older lady with the glasses, she's funny as shit too. So, a lot of the secondary characters are funnier than the main character. I mean, Dwight's right. funny, Jim's funny. That that interplay is great, but those secondary characters are funny on Parks and Rec. It's fucking Ron. It's fucking yeah. uh, 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 fuck. Uh, I'm going blank. Um, Donna. Yes. Yes. Um, Tom. All them motherfuckers are just and, and uh, Andy. And Andy's dumbass. Yep. Andy is dumb as fuck. Yep. And it's funny as hell. We're in that bitch rolling the other night. <laughs> another Damn, show another um, TV show that the main character is just not that funny is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, cause what? Yeah, cause Andy said, yeah, yeah, he has his moments, but the rest of the squad, right. son, right. yes, he's even just, um, even Hope, 
Yeah. Holt has his moments. And oh, man. I think he's the funniest one on the show. <laughs> Captain Holt, his delivery. Yes. I mean, you know, he's not classically you know, funny, but his mm-hmm. he knocks him out of the park. His whole demeanor and the way he, he runs that character is top right. notch. It's top right. notch. Yes, yeah, 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 and that's another show we got to catch. I mean, we one day we sat, we were on Hulu, we jumped back on, and we watched a few episodes to kind of sort of start catching up a little bit. But yeah, we're we're way behind on that show. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, man, I am too. I don't know what's happening, but um, there was a clip where Karen and I were watching a lot and enjoying ourselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so kind of to tie into that sort of thing real quick. Um, so I think I mentioned to you, uh, I, I kind of, um, this um, new company was doing a podcast called Real Narcos. And they are actually telling the story of a lot of these drug lords from the perspective of the law enforcement, in this case, the DEA. And of course, these fools started off with Pablo Escobar, which is like, okay, when I saw that, I'm going, I gotta listen to shit. So I'm listening to it over, I think when I picked it up, I think they had put out two or three episodes and I just had to catch up. So every week around, they, their, their release schedule got weird because they were releasing first on Sundays and they would kind of release on Monday mornings. So Sunday, I'm like, oh shit, I'm listening to this. So Sunday afternoon, I'm walking around and the shows are like 30, 40 minutes, depending on you know where they're at in the particular story. So they did Pablo Escobar. Um, then they did, uh, I think the next thing they did was Griselda Blanco, which I'm surprised it was really short, but all that, we know that they have the Narcos show on Netflix. They did the cocaine Cowboys documentaries. And then they, they've done, uh, a Nicaraguan guy who I think is Nicaraguan. Uh, no, Honduran guy who I never heard of. And they told his story and he actually is the guy who made the link between the, uh, the Medellin cartel and the Mexican cartels. Oh, he wow. got them together. Yeah, yeah. That shit was crazy. Um, but in thinking about that, it kind of got me thinking about like documentaries, like a lot of documentaries that I've enjoyed. And because I've mentioned Cocaine Cowboys 1 and 2, which I actually want to watch the second one again from what I learned from or what I heard from the DEA agents telling the story about Rosal Blanco. And I was disappointed how short her episodes were. I think they did like her shit in like two or three parts is going y'all could have ex- there's a lot of story to tell i mean if you never watched the movie you could easily watch cocaine cowboys to get most of the story but right. they really could have done more work with her but i guess uh the thought was you know the question was you know what are some of your uh what are some of your favorite documentaries like what are some things that you know documentaries that stick out to you things that you would recommend like if someone asked you what are, what's the document that you would recommend what would you recommend I would recommend the Stone's Throw documentary. Uh, Stone's oh. Throw is a, a, a label out of the Bay Area, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I would recommend the Stretch and Bobito documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend the um, Bones Brigade documentary about the the skateboard crew from the 80s if you're into you know nostalgic skateboard shit or just nostalgic stuff in general um there was a bob marley documentary maybe like 
six or seven years ago that was done extremely well. Um, there's also the uh, documentary of that South African um, guitar player that everyone thought was dead, but to come to find out he was actually alive and didn't realize that he his music had a, like a huge resurgence in South Africa. And he was like super famous and had this super famous song that was done like you know, 30 or 40 years prior that just all of a sudden became popular again. And no one knew that he was alive. And I can't remember what it is, what the time, it was like, it wasn't like Shadow Man. It was something like that. I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, you know, fantastic, fantastic. They just showed his whole entire life, you know, struggling musician. And, um, you know, just it wasn't working out and he you know did a bunch of odd jobs and found himself in the united states and i think he was homeless for a long time and then like now he's able to get royalties from his music and he's doing well for himself you know great <laughs> yeah it was super dope super dope but why did they think he was dead i mean because no one could find him no one knew where he was you know it was like Ooh. pre-internet you know so it's kind of hard to find somebody I mean, depending on how you do it, it's hard to find people on the, on the internet. Yeah, to be real with you. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, Stone. I remember you telling me about the Stones Throw one. Um, I may. I felt like at one time I thought I had it in my Netflix queue. I thought I did, but you know, you know how Netflix is—they throw stuff out and bring about those right. stuff. So I've got stuff in my queue that disappeared for six months. Now it's back, and then you know, so it's. So it's the whole back and forth uh, with them. So that shit was um, interesting. You know, oh, cool. Yeah. Another documentary would be the tribe, uh, tribe called Quest documentary that Michael right. Michael Rappaport right. did. That was really good mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it seems like, uh, well, it seems like many of yours are music. That's very <laughs> I true. Mean, which makes makes which makes <laughs> which makes perfect it makes perfect sense. You know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the tribe one was great. Um, Wow, that that one from the South African guy. That sounds really interesting. Um, I wonder who, who that is. I don't. Do you remember his name? I don't. I don't have to. I'd have to look him up. Look him up. Oh, okay, no, no big. I was wondering because I, I, it may it may have been somebody I heard of. Because for some reason, when you said that, well, you mentioned Bob Marley. The I remember I put them again. The Marley shit in my Netflix queue, um, but I probably could find it anywhere. Um, it actually, I don't know why. You mentioned that, and you mentioned him, and for some reason, I thought about because I think uh, is it Toots, Toots uh, was it? I think it's Toots Mate Toots. He died. Yeah, he um, did from Toots and the Maytals. Yeah, you know. Um, so I thought about that. Like, Damn, that I heard that. That's it. Like, because I think I had looked him up not too long ago, and I don't think he was that old. Because I, you know, I downloaded some of the songs off of um, um, iTunes. I was listening, I was like, oh, you know, because he was kind of in that. I think they were kind of in the in between from going from uh, was it Mento, and then he was more rock steady, and then they went into reggae. Because I my, my my ex boss who was from Jamaica, he was telling Not me about. Mercy. I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, he was telling me I heard a, a, a story on NPR about Mento. And we were talking about it. I was telling him about it. He goes, oh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, Mento, if you think about it, Mento was like early country music, but like early country music in America. He goes, you got these guys out there with the banjo. They ain't got no teeth, that kind of shit. 
it was like that. I was like, damn. He goes, but it, as you heard in the in the article, it paved the way for the up. It, it was the precursor to reggae. Gotcha. But it was like the start. I was like, wow. That, I mean, but the story was fascinating. But having him kind of put more light on it in that way was real cool. So I was like, damn, that's awesome, dude. Because he he's like, yeah, that shit was wild. He goes, you ever heard it? It's interesting. But the people who played the music, ooh, man, they look like something else. Like, oh boy, that's scary. <laughs> scary to think about. <laughs> you know? That yeah. that documentary is called Searching for Sugar Man. Okay. I have heard of that. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, like I enjoy like Ken Burns documentaries. I like you know a lot of war stuff, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, you know, the, all the classic stuff that you like PBS style. Like I've seen almost all of those, you know. Ken Burns presents the history <laughs> of Lent. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like really <laughs> part one dust. <laughs> uh, like, fuck, dude! <laughs> I tried to watch his. I tried to watch his jazz documentary, and God, oh God knows, I tried. God knows, I tried. They are very. Because I, I, I was so, I was so like, I was ready to get to like that hard bop era and get into like electronic music. Man, I couldn't get out. I just could not get out of early jazz, man. I mean, it was just so, like, slow and yeah. monotone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here's Jello Morton. Here's I'm just like, oh, my God, this is only 20 minutes in. What the fuck? And you got, like, <laughs> six more days <laughs> to get to the 70s. <laughs> Damn. I know. I Whoa. know. Man, I don't know what I had to do. Cause, and, and the thing is, it wasn't like I was trying to watch it, like... In one day, like I would watch a little bit of like I, it was a time where I was home for a few hours and then before Harper's or Rachel come home, I watch a few hours here and there. But still, I was sitting there and watch a little bit and I'm going, this is still got another hour and a half to go. What the fuck? Like, why won't this shit speed the fuck up? Yeah. So maybe I'll just skip all the early stuff and get the shit I'm interested in and come back. Maybe. I don't know. This is. <laughs> damn. That shit was crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I couldn't imagine what Ken Burns' baseball was like. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't go that yeah. far. I didn't go that far. But, but, but you get what I'm saying is, yes. you know, he, he's he's <laughs> he's he's so fucking monotone. I know. What about you? What how about uh, what kind of documentaries do you like? Um. So I'm probably gonna be opposite. These these are probably obvious. So okay, first let's start with these. Um, did you ever see Hero Dreams of Sushi? I didn't. I heard it was very good, and it was on Bruh, my queue for a dope. long time. I know. It, and you're a foodie. I am disappointed. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I am disappointed. That is yeah, definitely we, something I've backburnered like big time. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, because what I learned about that from that particular um, documentary, what I learned simply was that. You know, I knew that, you know, the Japanese take sushi very seriously. It's an art form. It's a skill that takes years to develop. Like, Hiro was like, he was like in his late 80s and he was still running the restaurant. His son was like in his 60s and he was like his assistant. 
And it's kind of like, well, he's going to keep going until his, um, you know, until he decides not to do anymore. But still, he talked about the, you know, he talked about what he had to go through to be as good as he was, or his how he was mentored, and how it's so hard to get to a level to where you can be considered masterful at making sushi. But his restaurant is very exclusive. I think it only has like so many seats and people all over the world who are very famous would come to his restaurant and they showed how he prepared a meal, how he would go to the markets and buy the fish. They went through the whole thing and it was so cool. And even eating sushi, you know how you get, um, they'll give you ginger. Okay. And the American thing is, I learned this from Morimoto, who's you know former Iron Chef. It's a horse. He wrote a book. I'm sorry. I heard that. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I misspoke. Um, he um, he wrote a book about sushi, and I remember him talking about his book. And he goes, he goes, there's he goes. The thing I hate the most is how Americans take ginger and put it on their sushi. That's not how you're supposed to eat it. He's supposed to be a palate cleanser. And I was like, oh, okay, because that makes sense. Because after he said it, I was like, okay, that makes Because then I use it I, in between different pieces. If I'm going from, say, tuna to California roll, I would have ginger. And then, you know, we can enjoy all the flavors, the umami, the different um, some, the different tastes and everything. Um, but then he also talked about, you know, some of the... Uh, like how to eat sushi, like there's a certain way you eat and do different things. But nevertheless, it's a really good movie. You learn so much, but then you watch this guy. He's again, he's in his, at that time, he's in like his eighties and he was just going strong and doing the thing. Um, I mentioned the cocaine hot cowboy series. So again, like I said, uh, I like the, the first one was very, the first one was excellent. The second one, told more more of her story when she lived, went to California. It wasn't as good because yeah. there was a guy who was right. telling a lot of the story, but still decent. Um, I remember one night I was home and I watched, and this is when I think Netflix had a really good documentary section. I watched this uh, documentary called Burn. It was about, at that time, Detroit, the Detroit Fire Department. They were undergoing like a lot of upheaval, so they were talking about how they were getting a new commissioner and they were looking at several different people in the department. There was this one guy who was like, he'd been driving. He, he was like a driver. So he had been Detroit fire for like 30 plus years or something like that. And he um, was about to retire. And I think his wife was sick. So he was starting to get on the downside of his career. And then he had to take care of his wife. I think towards the end of the movie, you know, they talked more about with him and about his family situation. Uh, one guy was, I think, a lieutenant. He had becoming an assistant chief. But the guy who came in as the uh, fire fire commissioner, I don't think he lasted very long, but he would go out to all the stations and talk to the different crews. And he was like, he goes, you know, you know, Detroit Fire, you know, we the best motherfuckers out here because we fight fire different. So what the fuck are you talking about? So the guy was, one of the guys was like, look, what we do is this. We go into, he goes, if you see a fire being fought in Detroit, you'll see water coming out of the house where most fire departments water going towards the house. He goes, what happens is in Detroit, they go in and fight the fire from the inside out. Wow. So you see streams of water come. I'm going, what the fuck? Yo, 
that's some wild shit. Yeah. And they showed them motherfuckers doing that shit. That was a wild shit. Damn. So that was that was really fascinating. It was really cool. Uh, but the, but the human stories were as fascinating as the actual stories that they told about because the, the the department was just going through a lot of issues. And then of course with all the urban upheaval going on in Detroit, where people were. You know, a lot of abandoned homes. People were just setting homes on fire. Yeah. So they had a lot of, you know, the arson and shit like that. So they and they had a very dangerous job because of that um, and other uh, pieces that go along with that. Um, um, Twenty feet from stardom. Um, that was a good one. And also uh, around that same time, I watched the. Uh, I forget what they called it, but it was the uh, uh, documentary about Charles Bradley. Um, what the, they call him? They call him the Screaming Eagle of Soul. So he he, he died a few years ago, but he um, was stringing together a career for a long period of time. He was like a James Brown impersonator, and he was living in New York City. He ended up getting his first hit record. He was like in his sixties. He was on um, uh, the label with uh, Sharon Jones, the Daptones. He was on Daptone Records. So he did a lot of work with them, the Daptone, Sharon, uh, Sharon Jones, rather, and, and all them. Um, and then, of course, for me, again, this should be no big surprise. Um, and one of my friends uh, mentioned this on, on Facebook today. Um, ESPN Plus has the whole 30 for 30 collection. And oh, there's wow. an asshole of them I still haven't seen yet. I've started watching a few. But, um, you know, for example, um, you know, the Lynn Bias 30 for 30 which told a lot of shit because I remember when that happened, but it just told a lot more of the story that people didn't know. Um, the University of Miami, so they did the U and the U part two, which right. that was wild because them some wild boys. Yeah, um, I, I got a lot of you know more um, perspective on that program by watching those two. Um, you know, there's a whole whole bunch from, from yeah. that particular uh, series that were just so good, but they were doing that. For 30 years of ESPN, they're still doing them shits, and right. they're just fantastic. And then, of course, the Jordan documentary was... I know you're not a sports guy, but the Jordan documentary was fucking awesome. I started, it was so good. I started watching some of it recently. Wait till you, wait till you get to the last one. The last one's a trip. Okay. The la- there's one part in the last one I was telling Rachel about the other day, and she was like, I don't understand. I was like... Well, she understood, but she just didn't understand why he was doing a particular thing but we'll have to talk about it but right. yeah man that shit was jordan's trip but um what you you'll well you'll see a pattern with how he operates but yeah, yeah that we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that on another episode because uh when i finally finished watching it i was just blown away because that was such a good team that really did not have to be dismantled seriously right right yeah yeah. Well, and that's cool. I'm glad you started watching. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of those games back then. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not super into sports now, but I mean, I used to watch basketball regularly and football regularly with my friends in high school. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, ever since, you know, high school, I just never really continued to watch. I'd, I'd never watched by myself, right? And then mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. high school, like, we all split up. So, and like, right, right, right. I was so focused on, like, DJing and stuff, I didn't care really. <laughs> right. Okay. I got yeah, you. Yeah. All of those championship yeah. games, most of those playoff games, I watched. You know, I remember a lot mm-hmm. of those games. So mm-hmm. it's nostalgic for me too. 
Yeah, yeah, because there were things that they talked about. I go, I remember that, or they, they, a player would pop up and go, oh, you know, I, I forgot about that guy, or you know, just the um, was it the shrug game? I forgot that uh, Matt Johnson was working for NBC at the time, and it's funny how he was just talking about how he just remember he was just saying what he remembered. When watching a game, when uh, Cleveland, uh, sorry, Chicago played Portland, I was like, I was like, that's that's wild though. I just, I was just blown the fuck away, you know. But yeah, so, um, so speaking of Portland, um, so you know, you probably heard. Well, obviously, you heard about Chadwick Boseman, yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, around the same time, uh, Clifford Robinson. So, Cliff Robinson played for Portland. On those teams against Jordan, he passed away right. about the same time. I think probably like the day after or the day before. He and I think he had. I think he. I think he had cancer as well. Right. right. So you know, um, twenty twenty continues to be um, quite a year for for lack of a better way to put it. You know, but you know, uh, it just seems as if when when you know when Chadwick died, I was like, okay. I mean that. That stopped me in my tracks because Rachel's like, "Did you hear about Chad? What are you talking about, Chad? With Bozeman? He died. I'm like, oh, what? Excuse right, me, he right, did what? Right. And uh, I got to rewatch Black Panther, though. I mean, I've only seen it once, you know. But I mean, I own it. But I, I've definitely been wanting to rewatch it because you know that was just such an iconic movie. I haven't seen Forty Two. That's that, that's a movie I do need to see. I've not seen Forty Two. I haven't seen it either. And I only saw um, Black Panther one time, also. In the theater mm-hmm. when it came out, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's the only way to really watch it. I mean, I got a flat screen TV in there. I bought the, I don't think I bought the 4K version, but I bought the highest resolution version I could buy for my TV. So I'll definitely be watching it at some point. Um, but I did see him in the James Brown movie, and that was, you know, a lot of people didn't really care for that. I thought it was great. I thought he did a fantastic job in that movie and um you know it, it just goes to to the idea of you know things that we've talked about that you know we you know just you know you gotta take care of yourself i mean i'm not saying that he didn't but you know we talk about colon cancer you know it's important for to do the things that you need to do so you know and you know unfortunately you know with his diagnosis he was diagnosed with uh was a stage four so once you get to stage four it's like oh shit you know yeah. it's not not a whole lot you can do and that really um was a just a punch in the gut yeah because you know he was doing so much you know he did the black panther movies he did the avenger movie black panther movie did the avengers movie i think they were had started or were working on black panther 2 so ain't no telling how that's gonna go right but um damn just you know rest in peace Right, right. I didn't know that he went to Howard. Yeah, he gave the commencement address, uh, I think, a couple years ago. Two, three years ago, he gave the commencement address because they show it on HUR every year. I'm sorry, HUT, rather. And uh, they were talking about it. And I watched a little bit of it, but they played a clip of it, uh, the end of his speech, you know, on one of the uh, commercials on HUR. And, you know, I was in the car, you know, about I was actually pulling out of the driveway, going somewhere and I heard it and I had to stop for a minute because I was like, man, he really just gave these kids 
such a uh, just, just such a resounding send off and just such a nice, you know, I guess a more or less a blessing to them for the beginning of their journey, the beginning of their the start of their future. And uh, I was like, wow, that's 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 tough, man. Um, I mean, to to actually see someone that you either read about, you've seen the movies, seen on TV, and to have them give you such a good word, and then they pass away. Tim Russert gave my commencement address for when I got my first master's degree, and then when he died, I was like, holy shit, and he was fantastic, really great guy, so down to earth. I mean, the only thing, I think the only thing, my understanding is, I have to, I don't remember, but I think the only thing he really, really wanted he wanted a hat and something else for his son. That's really all he wanted. He, I'll do, I'll do commissioner dress. Y'all just make sure you get some shit for my kid. I'm good. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's because I mean, you know, you know, commission speakers aren't cheap, right? But, but still, you know, but but when you but when you kind of get that close, I mean, I was not not like I met him, but when you get that close to somebody and they give you some great advice and then they, you know. They, they leave it's like shit you know that's tough so i'm sure these young men and women who got to see him speak and possibly may have met him and uh you know kind of get to hear that speech in person i'm sure that they felt it probably more so than the rest of us but felt it nonetheless because you know right. it, it's it that probably that meant so much to them just as much as his movies and what he symbolize meant to all of us honestly right so, right yeah so yeah so that's it my brother 